Welcome! My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? It, it is a podcast where we cover whatever we are feeling uh, in this exact moment that you have hit play and started this podcast. We've just now decided... No, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, <laughs> this is our... Uh, pop culture bonanza of conversation and things of that nature um, where we talk about whatever we want to and you love us for it I guess I don't know <laughs> I mean we hope but you know yes. we only have like 20 listeners so yeah please please hey not we only have 20 listeners yeah, we you're right. already have 20 listeners we already have 20 listeners and they are the they're best 20 fantastic. listeners in the world yes Yes, and... we love you. Please don't leave us. Yes. I'll give you money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any money. That's yeah, a joke. Yeah, I was like, we're not, we're not starting. We're broke. Money. Please stay. Don't leave Please us. Please stay so we get ad revenue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But yes, this is our podcast where we do lots of fun stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. And hey, we got another guest. Yes, one of our 20 listeners is on the pod today. Woo-hoo! So Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I am Sherrick's wife. I almost said husband. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I went to college with Amelia, um, mm-hmm. and we lived together for two years. And then, yeah, I met Sherrick shortly after college, a year or two later, and we have been together ever since. And, you know, we're at that our friends are each other's friends stage of life, which is really beautiful (laughs) and heartwarming. Yes. Just your friends are my friends and my friends are your friends. And Oh, yeah. Isn't there a song for that? There is. I didn't want to sing it because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> so we have dawdled a fair amount. Uh, let's In let's get into. <laughs> yep. Let's get into um, how your week was, Amelia. Let's start with you. Yeah. So I've had a pretty decent week. Um, this last weekend, uh, my mom came to visit for a few days, and that was really nice and fun. Um, we didn't really do a whole lot, but we went shopping and went to a show and that was fun. And, uh, like just right before that, I was in South Carolina at the beach, um, which was really nice and beautiful and a nice little break from winter. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, how about you, Sherrick? Um, so I got back from C2E2. That was a blast and three fourths. It was super, super dope. Uh, I ended up doing my first public cosplay uh, as, as the uh, Black Ninjetti Ranger. Uh, for those of you who know, I'm a frog. That's the bit from the movie, the original Power Rangers movie. I got to meet Walter Jones, who is the original Black Power Ranger. Uh, I waved at David Yost, and he kind of just like did the sub nod. Um, cause he was a little busy, uh, did not see Jason David Frank. So please, uh, shame me in any sort of comment or social media. Um, I'm hoping that I will run into him another time, but it was absolutely fantastic. I spent uh, a fair amount of money 
on on things that will be. <laughs> Frankie is telling me I made a mistake by spending a fair amount of money, but I did it, so it is what it is. But yeah, had an absolute blast, and I cannot wait to go to another con. I'm hooked. Steph, how how was your week? Um, it's been good. I just want to say for everyone that I made that costume. I thought you were going to yes, mention that. I forgot to mention it. Sorry, I, I will leave it to you to mention it. It's okay. Um, I made that costume, um, the Power Ranger costume for Sherrick, a couple of years ago for Halloween. And I remember mm-hmm. him saying at the time, like, oh, someday I'm going to wear this to a con. And I was like, okay. Like, oh, first of I all, I didn't. Do not remember oh, that. you definitely did, actually. I remember you saying that. And I just remember being like, oh, like, I, in my mind, thinking, like, oh, isn't that like a la thing like i just didn't realize how many cons there are and that that was like a reasonable thing that like any person could go to sometimes they make it seem Mm -hmm. like it's very i don't know like elite like only certain people can get into that kind of stuff so it's cool that it's becoming more common definitely from the whatever yeah definitely from the outside looking in it felt that way but like once i was there like i cannot stress enough how kind and nice and cool everybody was and there were a ton of people that asked like where i had bought it from and i was like no homie this is handmade and my wife did it and they were like whoa that's super cool like so yeah it just like really made me feel so good and i haven't sewn in several years so since then probably probably. one of the last things you actually worked on i think as far as the sewing project goes yes the creative process is a struggle for me actually like wanting to do things like Mm. physically make things isn't that the truth it's just like well some people are makers you know like some people love to make and i am not that person i am like i love to think about it what i would like to make Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like the actual making process is like really daunting and like painful for me mm-hmm. so but some people like you know just like love the process of like well I'll just make whatever like it doesn't even matter if it turns out like I don't care which like Amelia and I you and I are similar in that where we're too like mm-hmm. I don't know if type a is the word but like it's like I can't even think about it yeah. until I know like the beginning middle and end like yep. I just yeah yep. exactly so it's like I can't just be like oh fiddle with this thing and like just be creative for the sake of it i wish i could it sounds great right um but nope it doesn't come out of my brain until it's fully formed yes agreed um so yeah for me um you know most of my life for the last two weeks has been devoted to the bachelor um as (laughs) amelia i'm sure you can relate yeah um so you know just like avoiding spoilers but thinking about looking up spoilers and then (laughs) listening to people on podcasts who aren't going to spoil it but are going to theorize so many options that one of them must be right that's been most of my time um yeah and i have been really enjoying my personal training sessions that i've been going to the last couple of weeks so that's been fun that's awesome great well the rest of this episode is already super long, so maybe we should just get right to it. Mm-hmm. 
so our topic for this uh, week in particular is going to be a little bit off of the beaten path of what we've been doing and that we're going to kind of focus on one specific thing, which is not something that we've been doing uh, the past couple of episodes. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk about Parasite because in the uh, episode that we talked about with the award season stuff, I mentioned that I hadn't seen it, but that fact has changed since um, since the time of this recording. Uh, Stephanie um, was very instrumental in getting, I'm sure, both of us to see this movie. So I, we, yes. it just made sense to have you come on and talk with us about this film. So yes. thanks for joining us. Of course. Yeah, I had to stop pushing people to see it because I realized I was getting overly aggressive about it with a <laughs> lot of people in my life like at work or friends or family. And then I just realized that like the more that you're like, you have to see it. People just don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. People don't like being pushed that hard. So I was like, okay, I got to chill out. And then I was like, the Oscars will come and people will understand. And then it happened. And I was like, who told you, who told you this film was the greatest (laughs) film of all time? Was it me? I believe it was me. (laughs) and then people were like oh my god i want to see that and i was like i've been talking about this for months literally months Mm yeah because you Uh, saw it at the film festival right i actually saw it after the film festival because um when i read the description in the um sorry just to back up milwaukee has its own film festival and it's in october and i'm a milwaukee film member and so you can see a lot of films that would screen at other film festivals Um, like indie type films and things like that. Um, And it's really cool to see something and then six months later for something to be like widely released and you're like, oh, I've seen it, you know? (laughs) Um, I actually saw it after the festival when it was in what they call Best of the Fest. Mm. I, when I read it in the um, festival booklet, it was like, oh, that sounds like really scary. Like it was just kind of like labeled in a way that I thought it was like a horror film. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, no, you have to see it. It's not like that. So then I went like a day or two after the festival and was like, I get why people were saying this. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say we we do have a friend um, that I saw on Facebook that did say that they felt it was overhyped. And that was kind of my um, reservation towards seeing it myself. Cause like, it wasn't just Steph saying like, I needed to see this film. Like there were a couple of other people that were like, this film was so fucking good. And I was just like, okay, like I've been that person where I felt like that see knives out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I just was like, I was, a, I was, I think what was stopping me was the fear that like, I was going to expect more than, than what I was going to receive. Um, so, we ended up seeing it, I want to say, a couple of days actually after we recorded the Oscar, or I keep saying Oscars, the award show or pod uh, episode. And so uh, I felt like it was a good idea to cover today. So um, I think it's a good idea uh, for us to kind of just straight up put like a spoiler warning right here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen the film, listen to the sound of my voice. And if, if you care about spoilers and you are like, well, I'm going to see this film don't stop stop the podcast like we don't normally uh condone telling you to not consume our content but like cease and desist just for the as long as it takes you to go and see it because we're going to be talking about the film like in its entirety we're not going to skip any like you know parts of it so i would really hate for you to be upset with us uh like without any sort of justification because 
here I am warning you. <laughs> We're going to talk yes. about the film and how we felt about it. So you have been warned. I will give you a second or two to, to stop. Okay, so let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely am glad that you did that because, and I will put it in the show notes as well, that this is not a spoiler-free episode um, because, yeah, we want to talk about it, but also, um, yeah, I, I just, that is part of the fun of this movie is not knowing what's coming. So I would really hate to, to spoil yes. it for somebody. So. Which was part of the reason it was so hard to entice people to see it because people are right. like what's it about and it's like I don't even know what to tell you about yeah, it I know and I, I felt know. that same way about Knives Out which uh, we will we will cover at some point but like it was just like a, I I would love to have a conversation about it but I'm really just going to be like you kind of have to see it like I can tell yeah. you a couple of like yeah. base story elements but like mm-hmm. we couldn't fill a whole like half yeah. podcast or full at least with that movie though that. you can say well it's like a murder mystery and it's a cool story you know with this film Mm -hmm. you're like well what kind of film is it well i don't know what kind of film isn't it like yeah exactly yeah exactly because there are like some horror elements there are some thriller elements and it's called parasite so i get why it seems like a horror film but Mm -hmm. it's also got a lot of really funny stuff in it and it's also got a lot of drama to it and it just yeah i came out of it going like this film has everything yes (laughs) so yeah and yeah do we want to start with like a a quick synopsis or do we kind of want to just like break it down like talk about it dive in all right i'll let y'all lead the way um yeah so parasite starts with this family who's clearly poor and struggling and over the course of the film all get jobs with this rich family and um sometimes by pretty nefarious means um and they hide the fact that they're all related um and they do pretty awful things to get rid of the old the old people so like the old housekeeper and the the driver um yeah it's pretty Mm. awful but also like very entertaining (laughs) yeah so um it it starts out with like this this kid his name i think i believe his name is kiwoo but they call him kevin because you know reasons um he he gets like basically like picked up by a friend of his who brings him like this like scholar's rock which i had never heard of it was like a rock that was like mounted like the fucking aggro crag um from (laughs) nickelodeon guts um and he's like hey i want you to teach this like this girl that i've been teaching english because i don't trust other assholes like they'll they'll like you know they'll like try and do stuff when i'm kind of in love with her so when she is gonna go to college or high school or whatever it's kind of implied that she's like not quite 18 or whatever i'm mm-hmm. not sure um i want yeah, to like she's ask supposed her to be out. in high school yeah. yeah so so this this dude is like hey i want to ask her out so like can you make sure that you, I, I trust you to, to tutor her? So, because you won't be like a fucking creep. And then he turns around and is a fucking creep. Yep. <laughs> so. Like almost immediately. Like almost yep. immediately. Which mm-hmm. I have to say that the friend was going abroad, which is why he couldn't be her yes. tutor. Yes. He was studying um, abroad and he was like, I need to recommend someone to like take my place. 
Yes. But and he's like, I'm, I want to recommend you because you won't be a fucking creep. And then like day right. one, they're making out. So and then <laughs> they didn't make out day one, but they definitely were like making eyes day one. Oh, and yeah. I, I wonder if that's mostly just her. Because like in right. a way, you sort of feel like it's her being like, I just like, yeah, have a lot of feelings. Yep. And she I definitely just has a lot of feelings. She <laughs> definitely has like this undercurrent of like, I'm so horny. Like yes. the whole yes. film, you're just yes. like she just wants to bang, um, right. but also yeah, in a very like innocent little girl. Yes, way. yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, I believe he basically starts and and it's kind of just like the the whole truth isn't being told as to like who he is or whatever. Yeah. Like he has his sister, um basically forge a document that says like he went to like a certain college and stuff yeah um and it's implied that they're taking advantage of a woman um who it's so it's it's kind of like a nuclear family that they're they're going to both the 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 kim family and the park family are kind of like nuclear it's like one daughter one son a mom and a dad but they're saying that the mom is kind of like dull basically mm-hmm. not in the sense that like she's boring but in the sense that like she is not smart and that mm-hmm. she like re- like like basically like she if you do like a halfway decent job photoshopping a document she will just go okay yeah sure that checks out like she's not yep. gonna like vet it you know mm-hmm. so um it basically like i want to was it like the the second day or whatever is like mm-hmm. hey by the way uh does your young son need like an art therapist i know some girl named jessica which is his sister and then they like of course like go through the whole like con artist kind of like hey this you're jessica from illinois chicago which is what the thing that stood out to me when i was watching it because it's uh i believe it is in almost it's in almost entirely in korean um so you gotta read a lot of subtitles but yep but yeah and then they um they get their they get the driver fired um Mm -hmm. by the girl leaving her panties in his car so it makes it seem like he was just banging some rando in in their car um which quick side note i love that they fucking like kept the panties (laughs) i know (laughs) i love that they kept the panties and i also loved later when they had like a kinky like fantasy moment about it uh-huh when they're you like wear those these panties that i found randomly right. in my fucking car i'll get so hard like yeah right and yep. then they almost like half like role play it where she's like oh mr driver and like it's like a yeah. thing like real yep. subtle though like it doesn't go on and like get like no Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't like go into a full story but it's just like which oh they like i think kind of into that a little bit yeah yep. which i think speaks to the the like brilliances of the film is that they, they they filled it out they filled out relationships and things like that with subtle little things that if you were it rewards you for paying attention to the, the script mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that, like right. if you're paying attention to that kind of stuff like obviously we're joking about it now so like some people might have been like wait what those fucking panties oh yeah sure mm-hmm. um th- which uh <laughs> speaking of really wanted to mention this the uh, the bit I, I saw stephanie like visibly laughing at this bit because i think she was like anticipating seeing it again but the bit where the mom um is wearing the the glove when she's touching the panties and then something is said and then she puts her her like, hand to her gloved mouth. hand over her <laughs> mouth like bitch <laughs> you just you just touch these panties like okay cool go for it i know i love that too 
so good so good um yeah and then they get the housekeeper fired and the mom gets that job yes um by pretending that she has tuberculosis yes um which is they know she's allergic to peaches so they like put peach fuzz on her occasionally so that she starts coughing and wheezing and going into shock so yes so dramatic and just like so Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, then, the the sequence yeah. in which they get her fired is probably the most dramatic, like uh-huh. in the in the in the humorous way of the whole film, because it's like they quick uh, do it, and it's just like it, there's a little bit of it that is like kept somewhere, and they just have like a little peach fuzz, and they like sprinkle it like salt bay like across mm-hmm. her back, <laughs> and then she starts coughing, and um, she like has she's obviously coughing into a rag or whatever she throws it into the trash and then they, it jump cuts back in time to like if you can uh, to i think it's uh ki jung who is who is playing jessica saying like if you can do this it's the icing on the cake or whatever and he mm-hmm. has like some hot sauce and he like quick like spritzes it into the trash like before um the mom can see um mrs park can see and then he has like this like just disgusted but like stoic look on his face as he slowly <laughs> pulls like the the quote-unquote blood uh soaked rag out of the mm-hmm. um yep. trash look, and she she's just coughing up blood <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it's uh, so good and they like do it in slow-mo with this like really dramatic music mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm I'm was sitting there watching it going like oh my god this is so awful but yeah. so funny. <laughs> I mm-hmm. feel like this is about the point Amelia where you messaged me and we're like this is not at all what I thought this film was going to be. <laughs> no, that's probably true. And I like yeah. remember being like well there's like two films to go so you're fine. <laughs> like <laughs> two two more films worth of stuff to go at least. Um yes. so quick time out because I want to see what y'all think about this and I think this is just like my movie experience and kind of just like like because i uh, as an actor and i'm being fucking sarcastic when i say this but like uh i consume a lot of content that is story based and so like when they started kind of infiltrating the home i was like the i was like the fucking other shoe is just hanging just over my eyebrows like I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop and mm-hmm. not to say that that's a bad thing but it like I think it kept me from kind of paying attention to some of the more like finer points of the film because I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think oh. that like hmm. for for better that they didn't do it right away. So I couldn't have been like, well, fucking there it is. Like, obviously, like, because like that, I mean, when you have a situation like that where like a heist is happening, like, like, you know, there, there aren't very many films where like the heist just goes off without a hitch because like that's not, that's, that's shitty storytelling. Like there's no conflict. There's no like, you know, there's nothing to get you interested into it. it. There has something has to go wrong to keep you invested. You know, like you you got to see how they're going to react to the wrinkle in the plan. But like, yeah, I um, mean, I think what, you know when they all get. I mean, they're all four hired pretty early on to the movie, so I think you immediately mm-hmm. know like this isn't the end of the story. Like, there's more right, coming, right. and not, like it's going to go bad. That. But I'm not saying that. But and and I will say this like the way that it resolved, I will agree with everyone that like has kind of been like, it just goes in a way you don't expect. I did not expect the way that it was going to go for sure. But like, just for me, I was just so preoccupied with waiting for the other shoe to drop that I think I was just like, 
like I, it kind of, I guess I'm saying it for better, not necessarily for worse, because then it kind of distracted me from what was going on in the background, like the subtle tell signs and stuff like that. But I was just mm-hmm. like, I was just like this fucking family, they're going to fuck up somehow. And I'm uh, the secondhand embarrassment in me is rising and I'm waiting. Like there was a bit, I think, when um, the father's name is Katake, I believe it's pronounced Katake. Um, he's the driver and the Mr. Park makes a point of talking about how he hates people who quote unquote cross the line. I loved Um, that part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like one of the best, like tells in the film where you're like, are they going to cross the line though? Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it's also like, it's such a fucking like ambiguous thing. It's like, what the fuck is the line? Mm -hmm. Like you gotta be, you know, not to say they had to be specific about it, but it's like, what's the line? Where's the line? And like, you could see like moments where like, Kitek would like go just a like he would let his enthusiasm for like the job go a little bit further than the character that he was supposed to be playing. So you could see like like um, I think they called him Mr. Kim or whatever, which is their mm-hmm. real last name. But like you could see where Mr. Kim gave way to Kitek. You know what I mean? Like he was playing as Mr. Kim, talking in the car, and then like all of a sudden he would become Kitek, and that's when he would quote like almost cross the line. When the dad would be like, "Hey, watch the road," you know, like yeah, yeah, totally. Kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would almost but, like, in a way, like over, not overplay it, but like overdo. Overstep. Like he would, he would, mm-hmm. he would cross the line between the the you know the con and in real life almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. So the, yeah, they... I I never felt that way. Like waiting for them to fuck up, mm-hmm. I just was like, you know, because all of the descriptions of the movie talk about like this economic difference about Mm -hmm. this rich family and this poor family and so i thought it was going to be this like i don't know this like commentary on that and it is to an extent but it is but not in the way you think yeah no not in the way that i thought it was going to be and so i was just like okay like they're they're getting all these jobs and they're succeeding finally and like but they're doing it by nefarious means and like yeah, but I did not know where it was going to go with that. Um, so, yeah. And so now I feel like we're starting to get towards the point where it really takes a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, before we go into that part, one yes. of the things seeing it a second time that I noticed more and more, and it's hard to like pinpoint exact moments, but seeing it the second time, obviously knowing what happens, mm-hmm. you... I feel like there were more like hints dropped about like the family just the um the family just not being the best people. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. it's not just that they like want more for themselves. You know, it's not just that mm-hmm. they like want a better job and stuff. Like there are like all these hints dropped around the way of like obviously like the way that they get their jobs are not great, but like it was more than that. Like yeah. about how and they it- just like don't seem to care about others kind of yeah mm-hmm. and and for those who like haven't uh are, are like just kind of breeze past the spoiler warning but haven't seen the film like they're poor in the sense that they live in like this area where essentially what they're renting is like a basement apartment so like mm-hmm. they have low-paying temporary jobs like one of like the, the main job that they show in the film is that they have to like fold pizza boxes for money you know, mm-hmm. like that's which which is a job that is like crazy to me to like have, but like of course mm-hmm. I'm saying that as someone who is privileged to to have never had to do such a thing, so I understand that like that 
may not sound as crazy to someone in a situation other than mine but like they live in like an apartment where like the toilet is like up like two-thirds the way up the wall next to like a window so you have to like really like crouch to get to it kind of like a you're, you're essentially like climbing up a like a, a half wall to sit on the toilet you know and like a like a, a, a kind of a place where if it were to rain your apartment's gonna flood which which is a tell for later later but, yeah but yeah um, so, and also it's not in a very good area of town clearly and yes because there's they once... do a recur sorry to talk over you there's a recurring okay. bit where a guy like a drunk guy comes like almost every night and like pees on like a, an area like right outside their apartment like in full view of them yeah mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's an interesting commentary on those economic differences, but like I thought that was going to be the main point and it definitely was not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at this point, uh, the whole family is working there now and the Park family go camping uh, to take the little son camping for his birthday and this is where shit hits the fan. And I knew that. Like, as, like, so they show the Kim family in the house without the Park family there. And they're, like, drinking their alcohol and eating their food and, like, taking baths. And they're just, like, doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, Living it up. The house. Yeah. Which, which is where I was like, okay, like, like you, Amelia, I think is what you're mm-hmm. implying is like, I was definitely like the sh- other shoe is dropping yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All of a sudden of they're going like, to, I thought like it was going to be like, a, oh, they're fucking home already. Like, and they need yeah. to like do like the, um, the action movie slash horror film where they're like trying to hide around the house, like avoid the family, which mm-hmm. sort of happens. But like, yes. I, it, just the way that things kind of, kind of played out here, I was like, oh shit. Okay. All yeah, right. like I definitely thought in that moment, I was like, the family's going to come home early from camping and it's going to be a fucking mess in this house and you're going to get in trouble. Like, that's totally what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it does, but like a lot more happens. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then um, the old housekeeper shows up at the door in this pouring rain. And at this point is like, oh my god, this is a horror movie. Like, she's gonna murder yeah. them all. Well, mm-hmm. I That's feel like the totally second the doorbell rings, before you even know who's there, just the second the doorbell rings, mm-hmm. it's just like this switch where you're like, oh, yeah. oh this is fuck. a different story now. Everything's about to change. Yep. That's how I feel about it. Like, it's all of a sudden like, okay, this is like the second act of this movie, and it's a totally different movie than what you thought it was. And then you're just like, I don't, I have no idea what's coming next. Yep. Yeah. Other than the family coming back because that was so predictable. Like, right, I right. I've predicted like anything else that happens in this movie. Um, so yeah, so the old housekeeper shows up and she's like, I left some stuff. They didn't let me take all the stuff. Can I come in? And I'm thinking like it's a bag of clothes or something, right? Mm-hmm. Of course it's not. Um, and she comes in and she goes down to the basement and she's like, I need to move this giant shelf. And you yes. Find out a motherfucking bunker. Yes. The motherfucking. <laughs> but so to to quick back up for a second though, I was definitely in the same boat with Amelia, and that like they like she looked so like 
Oh, hello, it's me, Moon Gwang. I'm the old housekeeper. Is there a chance you could maybe let me in? And I was like, fucking nope. Right, because like, you're it like, is, it is after it is after night, and this is a person who used to work here who could very easily like be like still in cahoots with Miss Park or something. So like fucking yeah. nope. Also, it's raining like hell outside, so fucking nope. And then you let her <laughs> in, and she immediately is like oh, by the way, uh, I cut one of the CCTV cables and I was like, fucking nope, part three? Like, what? Right. <laughs> well, and then she just like she... vanishes downstairs and you don't yeah. hear from her. And I was like, she's going to come up with a fucking knife. It's going to be over for all y'all. Like, Yep, yep. Yeah, and the th- funny thing is there's she still probably has no idea like how or why she got fired, but she knows that it's them. Like that mm-hmm. they did something, you know? But mm-hmm. she doesn't really understand what they did. Yeah, she doesn't really know what happened. Um, and then, yeah, so then you discover there's this fucking bunker and her husband is living down there. Mm-hmm. So when she shows up, they obviously hide the rest of the family. So so um, Moon Gwang, who is the old housekeeper, and she talks about, like, she earlier in the film, she's talking to Kevin about who previously owned the home. This is, like, before the whole family gets hired and it just, it's just her and Kevin. And she's talking about, like, an old artist that used to live in the house. Um, so, like, when she ends up showing up and is, like, you know, note part four, the reopening, um, <laughs> she she's just, like, kind of just, like, okay. Like, she only believes, in my opinion, that it's just the new housekeeper. And she's obviously, like, you know, I think she is more vulnerable in that regard. So, like, if she does have any sort of reservations about, like, hey, I think you might be the reason I got fired, she definitely doesn't show it. And I think that she doesn't show it in in that she is more concerned for her husband, who has been <laughs> yeah, like, down there. Yeah, that's her primary focus at that point. Down there, essentially, without food for a extended period of time. Because they don't really say how long it's been between the time that, like, you know, the, the time that like the entire Kim family, assuming yeah, the Kim family is working there, and by the time that she comes back, there isn't really much of a like a tell as far as how long that could be. So it's like, for all you know, right. it could have been like two weeks. This dude is living down there without like any food. Well, and he has no, and he has no fucking idea what happened because he can't come up. Mm-hmm. Right. So they show she when she gets down there, she tells him like, oh, there was a platter jammed under the cabinet. So like normally, like he would have been able to get out on his own. Mm-hmm. so she so doesn't even side, realize when she goes like that yeah. he hasn't been able to get out this whole time right so mm-hmm. the other side of the cabinet has like a crank that can be used to move the like the door and then the cabinet can be pushed aside so i'm assuming like he could move the crank but like then the cabinet wouldn't move because it was the platter was stuck mm-hmm. so like she so like uh they are fine they're kind of like the whole Kim family is talking after Moon Gwen goes down into like their basement area and she just vanishes. Like there's no sound or anything. And they go down there and she's fucking vertical with her feet on the wall and her hands pushed against the cabinet. And she's like, you're correct. Thank you. Horizontal, not vertical. Um, uh, against the cabinet basically like, help me push. And, and the mom, um, Chung Sook is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right right and you are like is she crazy like you're just like what is she doing you have no idea right i thought it was gonna be like a straight up like like asian horror film where like the woman's gonna be climbing on the walls and like oh god that would have been terrible yeah i was that's what i thought was gonna happen so i was like i leaned like all the way back in my seat and i was like my fucking wife just conned me into seeing an asian horror film (laughs) fucking 
I'm mad as hell right now, but I can't say nothing because I'm in public. So, but that obviously didn't turn out to be that way. Um, so yeah, so she gets down there. And so uh, Chung Suk, who is the, the mom that is the new housekeeper, is talking to Moon Gwang. And I believe his name is, name Jun, is. Uh, Jun Se, is uh, Moon Gwang's husband. And she kind of explains that, like, they were hiding from loan sharks and the loan sharks were basically just, like, unrelenting. And so before the parks moved in, because Moon Gwang was the housekeeper for the previous person as well, she moved her husband down in that bunker. Like, she found it somehow and moved him down mm-hmm. there so that he wouldn't get found out. And like basically hurt or worse by these by these loan sharks. Uh, so, uh, Steph, why don't you why don't you take over and, and tell us what happens next? Oh, okay. Um, well, one of my favorite moments about when they like find the door, and then mm-hmm. um, the current housekeeper is going down the stairs is like the camera work of her just going down and down and down and like this look of horror on her face. And it's also kind of funny because it's like she's just doing it, and it's like. I don't know if I would have gone after her. Do you know I, what I mean? I it's like typical film thing where like people, they go into like a dark random, you know, corridor without having any idea where they're going. But it's just like this, there's several scenes in the film with this idea of winding downwards. And this is mm-hmm. like one of the earlier ones. Um, and then there's another one later. So they go down there and then um, her oh, family... Yes the other three are like slowly creeping down the stairs, like without um, them realizing that they're there because they have to pretend that they're not there. And then of course, I don't really know what happens, but they end uh, up like one, all three one falling. Of, yeah. One of them slips because it's like, they're like, sto- they're stone steps. Like and I believe they're like, steps, yeah. Yeah. They're like some, they're, they're basically cement steps and they are, you know, barefoot because they were just hanging out in their living room, like drinking and all that kind of crazy shit. Um, and so basically what happens is that the, um, Moon Gwang and her husband find out that they, that the Kims basically have been part of the reason that she got fired. Yeah. Um, and that, the, and that they're deduces, a family. Like she yeah, quickly that reduces that the four of them are a family, which, um, the parks do not know that they're related. They just keep being, right. you know, when they were getting hired, we're like, oh, I know this person or like, oh, I have this now, person's card or whatever. I found it very interesting that like there were like little bits though that almost gave it away. So the, the youngest son who I think his name is Dahai, um, he uh, does a bunch of art and that's how Jessica, AKA Ki Jung gets in because like uh, Kevin is like, Oh, so I see that Dahai like likes to color. Like I happen to know an art therapist and like, Jessica makes up some shit about like how there's like a particular area that shows that he could have like some sort of psychosis or something. And then there's like uh, an allusion to an incident that no one really talks about. Right. Until later. Yeah. There's bits where like the high would go like up to somebody and like smell them and go like that that smell smells like Miss Jessica and also smells like Kevin. So it's like that was like little slip ups that they They would make because obviously they live together. Right. And it's like it's interesting that the family doesn't really take any stock in it either. You know, yeah. they're just kind of uh, like, oh, uh, hmm, weird. Uh, just well, to they, set up something oh, for yeah, later, real quick. The Park family, do. I mean. Yeah. Because right. like, the Kims are like, we're going to have to wash our clothes in different detergents. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like, I feel like based on where they live, I don't know that that would be yeah, like the reasoning, but I don't know. Right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, just to set up kinda... something later, they make a point to show that the high is like a Cub Scout and knows Morse code. So yeah. Just want to throw that out. 
So, yeah, so it ends up, okay. um, Moon Gwen ends end up, up like, down there. They all fall down there. So she finds out, she tar- starts taking a video of them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they're a family. And I guess in the video, it's because, like, they said dad or mom or mm-hmm. something. And so then they're mm-hmm. like, this is proof or whatever. Um, and she's threatening to send it to Mrs. Yes. Bob. Yeah. She's threatening to send it. And so she has it, like, basically queued up in her text message and is, like, threatening them and, like, dramatically like holding her thumb over the send button like just Mm -hmm. keeping it like as this threat and then torching them with it um but it's not really clear at that point like what either family expects to do at this point um right like i'm not sure like how she thought she was gonna get out of it in a way because there's four of them and there's only two of them yeah and so I'm not yes. too sure, like, okay, so other than, well, like, I believe that, outing I believe them. That, I believe that Moon Gwang uh, was basically like, hey, you have to give my husband food or I'm going to fucking tell on you. you yeah, know, so like, she she wanted him to stay down there. And they she yes. just wanted yeah. them to, like, feed him and, like, leave him be, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but unfortunately... Then, of course, the uh, Park family calls to say that they're coming home, which is pretty obvious because it's pouring rain and it's been pouring rain well, this entire but, evening. I believe, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, I believe before that happens, they like, there's like a slip up where the, the Kims get a chance to like fight Moon Gwang and Jun Se and like take control of the phone. I yes, think. they do. Because, yes. yeah, and because it's a little bit before they call. It's like kind of during, actually. Like mm-hmm. they're fighting and then the phone rings, sort of. Right yeah and so, so they, they sort of have them, them pinned down, down there, and, right while they try yes they them. shut them down there like they're in the process of shutting them down there i think when the phone rings yeah mm-hmm. and then and, like they're trying to like clean up and, fucking yeah. moon gwang gets kicked down the goddamn stairs which <laughs> i was just like hurt. jesus fuck i thought she was dead i seriously thought i she did was too dead. i was just like i thought she was I mean, either she... dead or she was gonna like jump up and like just fucking just like <laughs> berserk rage i was waiting for that too and i was like jesus shit <laughs> yeah i mean but, it basically is what killed her correct well i mean spoilers like, for the spoilers but you know yeah she so basically i i mean she she doesn't die immediately. She's no, still breathing, be- which is but like, like yeah, she, awful. she does, she does die from lack of care for, after a severe concussion. So that's yeah. my guess. Yeah. Yes. So they had like brutal, tied them actually. up and stuff, but they make a point to um, show that like before they really get uh, all that tied up, that there is a specific button to one of the lights in the main house that Junsei has had access to all this time. And he was like, sort of kind of communicating to Moon Gwang via like Morse code, I guess. Or he was trying to communicate with Mr. Park via Morse code, but like didn't know or didn't realize or not sure. Like Mr. Park just didn't fucking notice, whatever. So like he had, like he would basically like, he well, was they, think like, like, they think it's a sensor. They think it's like a sensor when they walk in. Mm-hmm. right because like he would, like, i'm not able- sure how the family thought it was a sensor for only him for only mr park yeah like oh well, we, I don't have, think it we ma- have this automatic sensor light but it only goes on for mr park like oh that I, makes I think sense. i think it was kind of just implied that junsei was like hearing them come up the stairs and like he was able to time it to the point where like he would like yeah no you correct know, like, but he only yeah. did it for mr park okay so like if you, mrs you park walked in the house he wouldn't because he specifically has like this little song that he says and like he kind of talks about like how grateful he is to mr park and like 
all this stuff because he <laughs> grateful to a him. man who does not oh, fucking know he right. exists. He like right? talks about how he's grateful to him for housing him, which is hysterical because he has no idea he's down there. Um, mm-hmm. But like he's sort of obviously he's going a little batty, like being locked in a basement his in, for years. So yeah, he's, he's like isolation. does this light thing where he like hits the lights according to Mr. Park walking up the stairs as like his gratitude or whatever for him. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they ended up tying up the, the family, uh, the, the uh, Moon Gwang and John Say, who uh, Moon Gwang has had a fucking awful concussion. Um, Kitake during this fight has taken the crank so that they can't leave the basement yes. of their own volition. And so like, he thinks that like he's gotten everybody all set up after he realizes of course that they have access to this button. So he like, like duct tapes Jun say like down so he can't reach the button. But then um Moon Gwang becomes coherent enough that she goes up and like literally bites him out of the tape so he can like do it. And he's like literally bashing his head up against the button like repeatedly mm-hmm. to try and be like like basically trying to send a message to them. Um so yeah so the there's a phone call. Uh the new housekeeper who is of course Chung Suk is like basically she answers it and they're like, hey, yeah, it's it's pouring too heavily. So it ruined uh, Dahai's birthday and he'd we always go camping and he's so upset about it. And he's like in the backseat, like just like fucking does not looks, care. Yeah. Does not care at all. Um, and they're like, hey, can you make such and such? Because we're going to be there in like eight minutes. And so, of course, she's like Googling how to make like a specific food while all this is going going down. And, you know, they have to like quick um, cover up and all that stuff, which there was a there was a bit that I thought was going to lead to something in this sequence that didn't, and I was kind of disappointed about it. They do uh, they make a point to show uh, Jessica, aka Ki Jung, like trying to clean up after like one of the bottles had gotten smashed, like before mm-hmm. the fight, like they were just so drunk. Um, and she like cuts her hand on some glass, and she's like, ah. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna like see some blood or something, and it never, oh, okay. they never really followed up on that. And I was kind of like, huh, interesting. Like, obviously, like good on them for like being so deep in the storytelling to be like, hey, if you just like, like swept your hand across some place where a broken glass is, you're probably gonna cut your hand. Yeah. But like, it, right. didn't, it, was a red it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it felt like a red herring, which is fine, you know. Yeah, totally fine. I was just like, oh, I was kind of surprised that didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. another red herring in the film that occurs a little bit earlier that i'm not sure if it's a red herring or if it's just supposed to like yeah make you think the film's going to go in a different direction is when they hire the new maid they go through like this fictitious cleaning service that the other family has made up and they mm-hmm. give like the entire like all of their information like and their deed to their house right yeah they and so at one point i thought it was gonna go yeah. in this direction of like them stealing like their basically identity. murdering them and stealing their identities yeah right which it i thought it was di- gonna go that way yeah too. which it didn't but i didn't think murdering and stealing their identities i think i thought that they were gonna maybe con them out of the house and be yeah, like hey, something along those lines yeah. right yeah i thought it was gonna be something where it was just like uh hey guess what y'all don't live here anymore because we have the deed to your house <laughs> like right because i because to me, like, the way I thought about it is from the, the title of the film. And it's like, you know, parasites don't necessarily kill you, but they live off of you. And they right. take advantage of you. They're not necessarily out to kill you. They're out to live off of your resources and off your nutrients. So it's like, that was a bit that I was just like, oh, that's where fucking parasite comes from. Right. Um, not, say, not to say that your thoughts were incorrect. Because, I mean, obviously, it would have been an interesting story, regardless of whether they killed them or didn't. But, like, anyway... Um, so 
So there's a part during this where the mo- the majority of the family is like hiding underneath the table because there's no way for them to really like, you know, nor for them to go without being seen by the parks, except for, of course, Chang Suk is supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. And she creates this food, which uh, for Dahai, who doesn't eat it. And her mom is explaining about how like there was a traumatic event where Dahai saw a ghost and then they show the bit and the ghost was actually John say the husband like sneaking up to get some food when he, and he didn't know right. that the high was in the kitchen. So the yeah. thought he saw a ghost, which like the shot on this was so, so horrifying. Perfect. It was. Yeah. It makes so much sense too, like how right. terrified this kid would be oh, because yeah, he actually sure. saw a real person, but like, of course no one, they're just like, Oh, you must've seen a ghost, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine your whole, like, next few years of your life being like, but I really thought that was real, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that fucks with you, you oh, know? Sure. So, um, and another thing that we missed, that there's a bit that ends up being pretty important that I didn't think was going to be important, but there's, a, like, a bit where, like, the like Mr. Park talks about how, like, when, um, when he thinks, obviously, you know, Mr. Kim isn't around and is not listening is about how bad he smells. Mm-hmm. And like and uh Mr. Kim Kitake is all like he's like sniffing himself and it becomes a bit of a thing. Uh yeah. Long story I feel short. Like that moment is like really important though to the film because I feel like the whole film you're like waiting for the parks to be bad people in a way because mm-hmm. this is a story of class. You know, you're sort of waiting to like it's have this evidence though. that they're not the best people, but really like well, it's, it's like such though, a small me, thing in a way. Me, like, like I didn't really consider the class element until late in the movie, but like I was aware that the that the parks were kind of bad people because like, and we talked about this like when we were um, chatting, Steph and I, and we were, where it was like they weren't. It wasn't like my husband, my wife. It was like Dahai's dad or Dahai's mom when they were talking about the other other partner like they wouldn't even call them by like their first name or whatever like i don't even know if um let me see here i'm trying to remember what the the uh dads and moms of the park family okay they they have it in here but they don't really like say their names all that often but they no, would just they like, don't really. just just the way that they would talk about each other and stuff and kind of the way that they would treat each other i was like oh well this is like a strained nuclear family relationship mm-hmm. like there's a point where kim asks mr park like if he loves his wife and there's like this like just like almost like simmering rage look mm-hmm. on his face where he's like trying to keep it together like how the fucking dare you ask me if this mm-hmm. this fucking inane ass question mm-hmm. and then he just like answers it with just of course and it's like you took way too fucking long my dude you could have just said like hey do you love your wife yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> you know so like it was just like crazy to me in that regard yeah he just like took so long but it's interesting though because like even in this scene where like okay so you have this moment where the parks have no idea that the kims are listening to them because they don't know they're hiding under their fucking coffee table you know Mm -hmm. and you think like it's gonna go even further in a way like it could have gone way further like to me like what they could have said but it was just like this little comment about like oh yeah he kind of has this smell and that's like all like a, it is. Like a boiled and it, rag is what he says, I think. Yeah, which is bad. I'm not saying it's not bad. It's just that like when they started having this conversation, I thought it was going to go like much, much worse. 
mm-hmm. just because of like kind of the themes of the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't really go there. And then they're just like down to kinky driver town or whatever. Um, mm. After that, like yes. they're <laughs> so 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 as as the majority of the Kim family is hiding underneath this the uh, there's a name for what this table is and I can't think of what it there's is. There's a name for it. Yeah, it's not a giant coffee, table. coffee table. No, it's like a it's a traditional like Asian like table. That I don't oh, know okay. what the name of it is. I'll look it up later. The the song Dahai goes and gets this um this like teepee out of his room because he's big into like Native American Indians and he like runs outside in the rain and sets it up and they also have like walkie talkies. Um so instead of like going upstairs to bed because the son refuses to come to bed, he wants to fucking camp in the rainstorm, they the the, the two uh park the park father and park mother as i will call them um they camp out on the couch next to the large table and so like they're right there yeah the kims are like they're like within and like to the point where like mr park can smell mr kim is like there's that Mm -hmm. smell you know like there it is Mm -hmm. can we just talk about how well that tent fares in the rain right like that is ridiculous. The funny to me. part was that she said she got it from America. And it's I was an like, American no, made you. tent. I was like, yeah, no, the fuck you didn't, because that thing would have fell apart so right. quick. I know. I know. I totally sound, agree. Like, American made stuff is like amazing. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I know. Like, right? I was like, oh, the, 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 the screenwriter had a good joke. Yeah, yeah totally. He made a good joke. And then joke. the next morning, it looks totally fine. And you're just yep. like, are you kidding me right now? Right. <laughs> I don't I think mean, it's, it, it's even meant to be outside. Like probably not. No, but I, I it's think it was not. Like it's like one of those, like yeah. So then, okay, so they're like basically like finger banging on the couch, and then <laughs> um, they fall asleep, right? And so the Kim family is like, okay, we can get out now. Like this is our moment or whatever. So they're like basically not even army crawling just like pulling their bodies across the floor like as silently as possible and this is the moment where like apparently like people have said this is like where it gets super suspenseful which i'm like it is but like i don't know i mean you obviously are like cringing like hoping that they well i mean because if you think about it it's like they're asleep they're asleep like right there The, the path is such that like all it would take is for either one of the park like adults to wake or for Dahai to like peek outside of his teepee and they're yep. fucked. Like, cause the, like they can be, they, like it's a huge plate glass window. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it, the, the way that it's set up is such is that like it, they're laying down, but like all it would have taken is for one of them to like stir and kind of look up. They would have like seen a shadow and like, oh, yeah, up, for you sure. know, or like, like I said, or Dahai to like see that. And he had his walkie talkie and his dad had the other one. And speaking of like the, the part that for me was so suspenseful is that like, they're partway across the floor when Dahai like activates his walkie-talkie and tells his dad he can't sleep. Yeah, wakes them for the a second. The two kids get across pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and then the dad is still like halfway across, and then they're like talking on the walkie-talkie, and he's just like laying there, mm-hmm. and it's dark, but like he's in plain view, like they easily could have seen him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's kind of that thing of like when you don't expect something to be there, you don't see it. Do you know yep. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, he easily like was, he was within his view for sure. Yeah. But like, he had no reason to think that someone was there. So he just didn't yeah. see it. Right. 
it's kind of like that phenomenon that like you know like when you're like in your own house and you just it's if it's dark you kind of like see something and you jump because you don't expect something to be there even though it's something that was like sitting there and like you're just not paying attention to it but like the fact that like all of a sudden it just catches your eye you're just like oh yeah shit. that's you know whole life i know that's why i brought it up <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so they end up escaping um and of course they they get aided by the fact that one of the cct cameras was cut from moon guang earlier in the film and they just like start running home in this mm-hmm. just monsoon mm-hmm. and they keep they're just they, it's like a what would you say like maybe like a five minute long scene where they're just trying mm-hmm. to get home yeah. and it's just, just like honestly beautifully shot like the way yeah. that they're showing like and you get again this winding down feeling of like how far like quote unquote down they really are from the parks. Like gonna make an obscure a- ass reference. Uh, yeah, it's like in shoots and ladders where you hit that big fucking shoot that takes you <laughs> all the way down. Like it was like that in cinema form. They just yes. keep going down and down and down and down and down. Yeah, and it's just pouring rain. Like water is just rushing like a fucking waterfall off this like huge staircase, and yep. they're just like. You know, and then they get to their house and it's just flooded. It's just, just like flooded. up to their chests flooded mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. toilet and it keeps is like going. exploding. <laughs> yes, the exploding toilet. Oh my god, that scene is and it's so like, and it's like black, and I was just like yeah. <laughs> uh, it's super gross. It's super gross. Yeah, it's super so two gross. things it's that they go in. Up, oh god, it's so disgusting. <laughs> um two things that they go in and grab is um the rock thing the what scholars is it called rock. The sure they grab that and then they also grab apparently the mom had like some sort of metal like is it supposed to be in an olympic putting. metal or yeah, like in shot put so they i remember like when um the parks leave that's one of the things that they do is like she's swinging a shot put in there like, oh you're yard. right i totally missed and that. i was like i was like i was waiting for the for her to like fucking just let it go in a crash into one right. of the windows like right. not that she would be like incompetent enough to do that but just like that's how luck would have fared out mm-hmm. but like i think it hit somebody else's house or some shit but yeah she's like throwing a shot put yeah um yeah. But yeah, so I think there's a bit um, where, um, so so uh, so the the Kim's not named Chung Sook have to stay in like a displacement center, which is a gym, because obviously they can't mm-hmm. sleep in their house because the, yep. you know it's fucking flooded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like there's a scene between son and dad where he's uh, the dad earlier mentioned that he has a plan, and then the dad is like when um, Jessica is asleep is like I don't have a fucking plan because if you make a plan it means it's gonna fucking fail so like if i don't make a plan then there's nothing to worry about because every it doesn't matter so um i th- i think kevin basically gets racked with guilt over like feeling like he doesn't fit in so he's gonna go down to like make some sort of like peace pact with uh you know with the old housekeeper and her husband but he gets attacked and this is like during uh, like a, a impromptu. They keep calling it an impromptu, but it's like an impromptu party for the high. Yeah, they invite all these people. Ahead. Um, so oh, they wake ahead. up the next morning and they're in the gym, and like it's just like this horrible like free for all of like all these people and like piles and piles of just random clothes, and like mm-hmm. everyone's just like grabbing something to put on themselves. And they are like cutting this. This is like the scene that's most, I think, like showing the class structure thing because they're showing like 
um, Mrs. Park, like in her walk-in closet, like deciding, oh, what could I wear today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is like a moment in the film where they're very much like showing it. And like, she's saying, oh, it's such a beautiful day. Like, you know, the rain yesterday, like made it like, you know, a really nice day today or whatever. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like this obliviousness of like, you can't even really blame her because she just doesn't know, like, right. without, like, I guess, turning on the news or whatever about, like, how many people were, like, affected by this rain. You know, for them, it's just like, oh, we had to, like, leave our camping trip. But, you yeah. know, now we're mm-hmm. cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she decides that she wants to have an impromptu birthday party for him. And so she is, like, one by one calling each of them, being like, we're having a party. We're having a party. So, um Mr. Kim has to come and like drive her all around to like buy food and party supplies and everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess like Jessica and Kevin are just invited because they're just yeah. kind of like a yeah. part of. Yeah. So it. the high is like basically he specifically requests Jessica to be there because they have bonded. And, yeah. and um, the, the daughter uh, fucking. I cannot remember her name. Yeah. Hold on. Mm, He's like, Kevin, invite Kevin. I like Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin, like, Kevin, Kevin. Like I love Kevin. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been calling Dahai the son. Dahai is the daughter. Oh, the song oh really? The song. Okay. Whoops. Oh, yes. Fucking everyone's been yelling yes. at me. So yep. sorry. The song oh, is the son. Dahai is the daughter. Yes, yes. So Dahai okay. is like, I want Kevin to be there. And the song is like, I love hanging out with Jessica. And yeah. it's my birthday. So, yeah. So they go to the party. But, like, obviously they also have business with the basement to take care of. So they go, so the son goes to the basement, Kevin goes to the basement and gets attacked. Well, he brings his giant rock, right? Yes. Yes. So it's kind of, like, interesting that you say, like, oh, he went to make peace. And I'm like, he went to make peace. No, you're right. You're right. With a he giant ma- rock. Yeah. Like, he, I don't know. About let that. me amend that. He went. He went to make peace by ending things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But then he gets attacked, and that like, and there's a lot of blood, and so I'm like, a ton of. Shit, it's super gory at this point. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gory at this point, and I was like, he is fucking dead. Oh yeah, what you 100. percent And he's being bashed in the head with this rock, which is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you call it the scholar's rock yeah which yeah. obviously is like a big poignant like message on right. like, like their lust for more money or whatever it's it's about it's i mean it's it's larger than a football like he can like he can like oh, cut, carry yeah. it he can carry it in one arm but like just barely yeah so um he goes down there and he sees um what ends up being moon wang's corpse because she has since passed you know yes. as the night has gone um and as he's like going up to her jian say has like this like like metal like wire that he like basically wraps around uh uh kevin's neck and then he like pulls him and like puts it up against uh these two pipes to trap him in there and there's like a you know an escape scene where you can like hear the pipe clinging as he like he does like manage to get it out and he's being chased and he ends up like getting essentially like goozled because like, I guess he gets like caught up to by Junsei or whatever as he's trying to run up the stairs while this party is going on. Um, and essentially like he gets hit with the rock and then there's a thing where like, because Junsei at this point has snapped because his wife is dead. Yeah. Like he's been, yeah. you know, Yeah, not only here. is she dead, but like you can think about like just how awful it is. Like he's like watching her die basically that night and like not not being able to do anything for her you know Mm -hmm. which i'm sure is just obviously 
horrible. So this whole party is going on and uh, Mr. Kim is being forced to take part in this, um, like, uh, like uh, this demonstration, I guess, because the song wants to be an Indian. And so they're pretending to be bad Indians to save the glorious Miss Jessica, who's going to bring out the birthday cake. Um, I'll, His I'll trauma like, recovery uh, birthday cake. Yes. No less. Because uh, it's that's like literally what was the is... same cake. Yeah. Like it's the same cake type and design and decoration as the cake that he was eating when he saw the quote unquote ghost. Right. right. So, so I'll, 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 I will let Amelia kind of tell a little bit about the ending and what she does. Yes. This is where, like, I don't even remember what happened. Oh, okay. Fair oh, I remember exactly what happened. It's like I Go remember ahead. bits and pieces, but you guys have seen it more recently than I have now. At this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I've seen Go it ahead. twice, so I remember it pretty vividly. So, Go ahead. So, okay, so Mr. Kim and Mr. Park are having this conversation, and they're, like, hiding in the bushes, and they both have these, like, Indian headdresses on, and they're going to do this thing. And there's finally this moment where, like, Mr. Kim crosses the line, right? So that fi- moment finally came and he says something that like alludes to that he doesn't want to do this. And then he also says, but you're doing this for your wife, right? Because you love your wife. And then Mr. Park like kind of snaps at him and it's just like, you're getting paid to be here. Kind of like, shut up. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like, ooh, here we go. Like he finally uh, crossed that line kind of moment, which yeah. I think is pretty pivotal in the film Mm -hmm. so then jessica is bringing out the trauma recovery birthday cake (laughs) and then i'm sorry what is the other guy's name from the basement okay so he is basically just running straight towards the party his face is like fully covered in blood because he's been bashing his head against the the buttons in the basement for the lights all night like trying to alert anyone to come and help which like how would anyone know what that meant? You know, like mm-hmm. at one point, I think earlier the well, prior evening, they're like, oh, the sensors are being batty. Like they're not well, like, oh, someone in the basement needs help. You know, well, like some, obviously someone does. Can't. Someone does notice, though. It's the song. Yeah, because he right, sees but it he from doesn't his TV. Know, right. But, but also Mrs. Park notices at one point, too. And she's like, oh, the sensors and those lights are going. Yeah, batty. but he but remember, he was using a notepad to write like he knew it was Morse code. Oh, that's they had right. He had it That's on his notepad. Right. He does nobody write it fucking down. followed up. Right. Well, because obviously it. how, first of all, he's a child. Second of all, like, even if he took that to his parents and was like, someone is spelling out, help me. Yeah. Would you ever be like, oh, there must be someone dying in our basement? Like, you would just <laughs> well, never, you, you know, know what I mean? But, like, there's no way for them to have any idea what is going right. on. Right. And, and like, honestly, if he had done that, his mom would just be like, fucking ghost. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. So now the exact ghost, quote unquote, that like traumatized the song in the first place is running towards his birthday party, completely bloody with a knife. And so like, obviously, like in that moment, like, you're just like, well, the song's fucked for life. Like, yeah. And like, it's before the rest of this even happens. And you're just like, well, he's just screwed. So it's just terrible. And then I think he stabs jessica first correct he stab he stabs jessica first yes he like turns her around and just like gets her like right like like between the arm basically pit like the in the is. armpit yeah because at one point when they show it later it feels like her arm is like half off or something it's like horrifying <laughs> yeah he catches like right i want to say like right upper pectoral not quite in yeah. the heart area but like 
probably yeah. catches a major artery in that area. right yeah. um, um and so then everyone's running from the party and like mr kim and mr park obviously hear screaming or run out from behind the bushes um and but mr, mr. Kim, kim sees his daughter obviously just got stabbed. yeah he sees that his daughter just got stabbed and obviously he is one of the only people that even knows like who the hell this is mm-hmm. and so he goes running towards him and uh, then Chung he Soup stabs him out. right no yeah, she comes Soup. out she oh, comes does out she stab him she they they get into like a they get into a fight because obviously yes. he goes after her next yeah she ends up like getting cut a little bit but nothing major and she uh gets like a, a surprisingly sturdy ass skewer with some meat yes on it. like a and really so- intense barbecue skewer with several sausages on it yep mm-hmm. and like stabs him in the side yeah, like, and, like, like pushes it in him. further yeah and it was just like oof but there's a moment where um Kitake, as he's watching this whole thing go on, Mr. Park is, I was assuming Mr. Kim is watching this thing go on. He sees that Mr. K- uh, Mr. Park has taken the moment to catch the, the aroma of Junsei, and he just like has this disgusted ass look on his yep. face. And he just fucking is just like, that's it, you motherfucker. Right. This is over. Well, like, and in that moment, like he is asking Mr. Kim to drive them to the hospital for, for the, the song. Yeah. Yes, which is. Because the song starts having a seizure, which is kind of like the weirdest moment of the film because you're like, okay, obviously we need an ambulance at this party. So the fact that like... They they he, make some sort of mention of like the ambulance would take too long to get there or something like that. Like, right. They mentioned that like they only have like 15 minutes to act. Yeah, they had like mentioned that. this earlier about how when the song had a seizure that like, oh, don't you know you only have 15 minutes? And I'm like, I don't think this is true though. Like lots of people have seizures and like survive. I think them. it was really just like a vehicle for, for so, this particular. So moment. there's this idea in this moment where like they their son having a seizure is more important than all the people bleeding out on their lawn. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like this is the most important thing right now. Like you're gonna drive us to the hospital, mm-hmm. and he's obviously and so then he's also wrinkling his nose at like the smell. And then the car keys get like underneath like the two guys. And it's like this moment of like power struggle between the two families, which like the parks don't even know that they're a family, but. Oh, okay. But it is about, it's like our family versus your family because. So the setup for that was, is Mm -hmm. that like um, Mr. Kim wasn't moving. So Mr. Park was like, just throw me the keys. I'll do it. So he throws the keys, but they don't make it. And then like when Junsei gets skewered, he falls on. He falls on top of the car keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then he has to like kind of does does Mr. Park reach for the keys? I think he does, and that's when his like nose is wrinkling, like oh god, this smell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to get the car keys out from under this guy that just got skewered on his lawn. Um, and that's when yeah, Mr. Kim loses it because he's just like you're gonna like wrinkle your nose at us, like. Obviously, he doesn't say any of this, but it's like right. He just he basically just picks up the the knife that was used to like stab his daughter and just stabs Mr. Kim in pretty much the same spot. Mr. Park, yeah, Mr. Sorry, I called the wrong name, but he pretty much stabs him in the same spot that his daughter got stabbed in. Hmm. I don't think I realized that, but it makes sense because it's very much like a oh, you think like your family is more important than my family? You think you're better than me? And then he's just like fuck you. And it's like this moment of like, oh God, here we go. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like this entire time, like, you know, Mrs. Park and DeSong and I think the daughter, I don't really know where the daughter, oh, I know where the daughter was. Okay, so she's not there at that moment, but like they see like his 
basically just song sees his dad like being murdered and i'm like oh okay cool like he's gonna have great birthdays for the rest of his life that's all i can think <laughs> at this point is like yeah. this kid is done with birthdays he's done with it you know yep. yes um the daughter she goes looking for kevin so then you see all of a sudden in the back of the party she has kevin on her back yep <laughs> Like also mind you, he was profusely. Yeah, he was like a a scholar's rock, which I would imagine will be ten pounds or more. Huge was rock rocketed at he his was head. In a pool of blood on the floor. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe, but if I walked down the stairs and found you in a pool of blood, my first reaction would not be let me throw Sherrick on my back <laughs> to save him. Like I just don't. It would be like it's the weirdest thing. moment where you're like what yeah. is she doing right. like how does she think this is the right thing to do right yeah i don't know it's cr- it's kind of crazy right. so she has like bloody ass kevin on her back and then mm-hmm. it cuts to kevin waking up in the hospital which you're just like how is this guy not dead yeah how? i think i texted you that and i was like he's not dead yeah it's <laughs> shocking it's shocking um but the mr park is dead and jessica is dead Mm -hmm. and mr kim has disappeared um and they think he's the cause of all of it like they show on the news um right isn't that what Mm -hmm. happens oh yeah they think mr kim which i mean ultimately he is the one that yeah kills mr park so it's not wrong of them to be looking for him right and I think they say something about um, the other guy is just being like a random homeless man because, like, yeah. obviously no one has any idea why he's because there. pretty much everyone that knows is like either dead or not talking. Like right. how that guy got in there, you know? Right. So, so yeah. And then um, where does it go from there? So they imply that like they've been looking for him for months. Like uh-huh. the like the cops have been lo- so there's like yeah. detectives following them to see if they know where he is, but they don't know where he is, which is hysterical because I'm like, you're telling me you haven't figured out where he is. Well, they don't. They don't, I mean, if they don't know about the that particular area. No, I mean no. his family. Well, I mean they. Well, okay, so I'm gonna give a pass to Kevin because uh, he lost a fuck ton of blood and had brain surgery to the point where he was laughing when he came sure. out. Sure. Uh, and, and I, you know. I don't know. I honestly, I just feel like that it probably wasn't something that they thought about because I kind of was like, oh shit, this is like almost going to be like an urban legend of like this crazy party, you know, that comes around that, that, that people talk about, that the neighbors talk about, whatever. And that the person that fucking committed the murder just straight up vanished. Cause I was like, that sounds like some shit that like if it happened here, we would be like, that would be like an unsolved mysteries. Like, have you seen this man? We're looking for him, please. He literally vanished into thin air. Where? Call this number, or like John Walsh would be doing some shit about it. Yeah, um, yeah like, I just have a hard time believing that his family wouldn't be like, well, obviously he's in the basement. Well, I mean, honestly, I had a hard time feeling that, like, for all the shit that ended up being revealed, that they just got probation as a as a punishment for like all the shit that they did. Because I mean. They they took tons of money from this family, you know, who, you know, under, under, like, not duress, but like under, uh, you know, being duped, gave, willingly gave it, but still. Yeah, but it's. They never really prove any of that. They didn't really, like, so, I mean, how can you get arrested for, I mean, I guess it's like some sort of like identity. 
Like, I mean, it's 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 false it's identity. Fraud, it's, it's fraud for sure. Fraud, but yeah. they don't ever like. I don't feel like that ever really comes around. Like nobody knows that that really happened. I feel like this this is one of the things that like is had to mentioned leave, on had, the news at one point. Yeah, they um, mentioned the like, they mentioned the the charges that get thrown at them, but I feel like it's at this point it's like a, this is a yeah. this is a loose end that they couldn't really tie up in order to keep things going on. But yeah. So anyway, so um, they are obviously you know found out they the mom and the son get probation. Jessica's dead and the dad is missing. The parks straight up fucking sell the house because it's just the mom and the two and her two children. Yeah, well, and obviously, how could you ever live there? Right. No, I'm not saying that they, but I'm just saying they piece the fuck out, obviously. So the house is empty. And like, like, yeah, obviously, Kevin is wondering where the fuck his dad is, you know, because he straight up is gone. Um, Then he finally just like has this idea to go and like, hike and he hikes over to where the former park residence is and he can see the light in the basement like do flashing in morris code and he remembers and so he starts like getting a notebook out or notepad out and starts writing it down and it's like a a letter that he's been basically typing out every night while he's been trapped there um but the residence is has been since picked up by like a family from germany who of course didn't hear about the whole situation so they have no fucking idea um and kitake talks about like basically how he's taken junsei's role and is like every time he's coming up the stairs to get food he's taking his life in his hands because if this yep. family finds out that he's living there he's fucked so um then of course kevin is like i'm gonna figure out how to save you dad i'm gonna you know get a ton of money and i'm gonna buy this house so you can come mm-hmm. out there's a, there's a scene where he actually it didn't quite look like him it kind of looked like his uh his friend from the beginning um, well that's like the point is it that it kind was him of. or that he looked like him because to me it's well no like, it's him but he's like supposed to look like he's like oh like a more rich, affluent, affluent. Okay. And, like yeah yeah okay fair enough i'll give you that yeah so then it's like he is like i'm gonna make a ton of money and i'm gonna buy this house and we're gonna get dad out of the bunker in the basement but it and that's kind of where it ends and you see it but it's like did it really happen did he really get the money and buy the house or is this just a fantasy that he has of right future and i think that's the best part about it right to me it's like they did that on purpose Mm-hmm. So it's like it's up to you to decide whether or not it's, it actually happened or not. Yeah, it's like a better version of the fucking um, top in uh, what's that fucking Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Inception or whatever. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, it's like a better version of that where it's like, oh, did it happen? Has it happened yet? Is it going oh, to? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and they show like him and his mom like standing in the beautiful yard, and he like he's like, all you'll have to do is walk up the stairs, and the dad walks mm-hmm. up the stairs, and they all hug, and it's beautiful, and you're like. Am I okay, supposed to want real? for this? Or like, yeah. it's kind of a hard thing because you do like want it to happen, but then you're like, I mean, these people like tore this family apart. Like, Yo. so we're supposed to want their family to be Together. happy. And yeah, like, it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of interesting because it's like you you know like you were mentioning it earlier, Steph, that like the the rich family, the Park family, they're not the best people either. So it's like. It's almost yeah, like a. Then, I don't know. I don't think I, they I do anything like... out and out like. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, like I, no, no, no. I I, but I was just gonna. Are... Mm-hmm. I think I was the gonna... parks are not that bad. Like they're yeah. a 
couple of not great things about them, but there's not great things about everybody. Right. Whereas what the Kims do is really bad. Yeah, yeah I, I was agree. Like, I wasn't trying to like say that like they're you know one family is worse than the other. Although mm-hmm. it's obvious. Kind of think the Kims. Are. It, it's <laughs> obvious that the Kims are. I wasn't trying to say that like the parts mm-hmm. are just as bad. I was just going to make an illusion that like when you call a film parasite like this, like mm-hmm. the idea, the prevalent idea, at least from the 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 um top glance would be that like you're saying oh well the kims are straight up parasites against the parks yeah. but it's like well not i think I mean, that's it's, the it's, obvious interpretation yeah but like it but it obviously like they can't wash dishes they can't drive themselves they're leeching right. off of this poor family's yeah. labor so it's like they're also parasites in a way you know yeah like, i would say that like everybody in this film is a parasite <laughs> in a way because yeah the obvious explanation is that the kims um, you know, slowly latch on to the parks and and take over and live off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, the parks also like don't do very much for themselves, and they need this whole staff. To or they'll take credit them. for shit that the that the Kims have done for them. Yeah, like, but then I also, did this. And it... But then also the guy in the basement, like he's obviously sort of a parasite too, because he's like, yeah, he absolutely. Has no- he's not able to like take care of himself and the old housekeeper is reliant. He's reliant on his wife, the old Mm -hmm. housekeeper, and she's reliant on the parks and that job to like keep. So it's, it's really interesting how like at the end of the day, everybody's a parasite. The circle goes round and round and round. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think, yeah, that's the whole point of the whole movie, you know, in a way, which is why it's so funny that like the movie is about like, class structures but like mm-hmm. you don't really realize how much it is about that until the end yeah because it's like not the main focus of the plot line like it's not just like oh this is this family's life and this is this family's life and right compare and contrast like that's not the main show center your work. of the movie but at the right. end it the really kind of like line. yeah mm-hmm. oh through line i love through line yeah through line's <laughs> a great great acting term yeah all right, so that's Parasite. Yeah. Um, we talked about it almost as long as the movie. <laughs> we did. We did, which we... is kind of crazy, but also not. Like, I feel like I could keep going for another hour. No. Oh, for sure. I will just say, like, I feel like the day of the Oscars, I just, like, felt like I was, like, watching, like, someone from my own family. Like, I cared so much about this film, and, like, I just wanted it to be recognized. And it was, and it was really satisfying. Mm-hmm. to see yep. so i would i uh, you know i would recommend you to go see it even if you kind of blew past the spoiler warning and don't care about it um i feel like you will get more out of it from seeing it than just listening to the three of us just kind of you know pontificate about it for a while mm-hmm. but um all right well hey steph thanks um for joining us you can of course stick around because uh it is time for our favorite segment and that is called amelia what the fuck is this so we're gonna <laughs> throw this in here um Real quick, fast, and in a hurry. Feel free. I, I picked this one out specifically because I thought this one would make you snort. Uh, I won't be disappointed if you don't, but um, I was like, you Amelia can't was going to tell me that because then I'll be thinking about it. Uh, well, I, I blew the prestige. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But, we'll see. Uh, I've sent Amelia an article, uh, an image from a BuzzFeed article that uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with this segment, you basically uh, just find something that is ridiculous on the internet and I pre- present it to Amelia with little context other than the fuck is this 
So, and then I will explain it after she gets to take a look at it. So, go ahead, Amelia. You can feel free to click. <laughs> yes, there it is. I blew the prestige and scored anyway. <laughs> totally not fake. I totally did. <laughs> So for uh, it will be in the show notes, but for those of you who um, uh, are like, uh, why the hell are you showing images on a goddamn audio <laughs> podcast? It is a picture of some very delicious looking cinnamon rolls. And I yes, note yeah. that I said cinnamon, cinna- cinnamon rolls cinnamon. <laughs> uh, and someone who's uh, whose username and such have been grayed out or blurred out rather so that you can't see it. It's uh, just made me some synonym rolls. S Y N O N Y M rolls with <laughs> with some emojis uh, for hearts and things of that nature, and someone else replying just like grammar used to make. <laughs> One, I love a good grammar joke. Yes, this is why I was like, I might get a snort out of this one. So yes. the snort counter is at uh, two, I believe, yes. for the podcast. Yes, two out of five episodes. Mm-hmm. Good job. It's pretty good. Clip. Um, yeah and uh yeah i this is really funny and it makes me really want cinnamon rolls so i kind of want as well as well but that is neither here nor there so that is amelia the fuck is this um hey thanks steph for coming by on very short notice and talking about parasite with us um really appreciate it Um, you're welcome it was fun so um, we're going to just uh, pull, pull together the wrap up here. So um, you can find my myself. I am a Black Sparrow pretty much everywhere. Yep. And you can find me at Shake Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, be sure to review us and share us if you like us. Um, you can go to anchor.fm slash A-S-W-A-Y-D uh, to find all the places where we are located um and be sure to tweet at us at a-s-w-a-y-d-p-o-d you could find us there and hey just tell your friends be like hey you might like these goofballs they say funny shit sometimes (laughs) i mean i think we do but you Mm -hmm. know um so yeah so with that i've been amelia i've been sherrick and um, hey it's a really good idea to not go cross-country skiing in your underwear yeah it's kind of cool. Don't do it. Bye. Bye.